welcome to the Evoke Ag podcast, the show where we take a look at the ag tech and food innovations changing the future of farming. Hello and welcome to the Evoke Ag podcast. I'm your host, Steve Honor. This week, we catch up with the CEO of Wine Australia, Dr. Martin Cole. As one of Australia's 15 research and development corporations, Wine Australia has been charging ahead with exciting agri-tech innovations to ensure Australia's viticulture industry continues to thrive off the back of a challenging period during the COVID-19 pandemic. Our Grow Ag contributor Megan Woodward speaks with Martin about Wine Australia's innovation and R&D approach to exciting possibilities like low and no alcohol products. Wine Australia has been working with GrowAg to take industry solutions to the next level. As Martin explains, GrowAg has been a fantastic connector and accelerator for innovation within the industry. We hope you enjoy their conversation, and if you'd like to learn more about Wine Australia's innovative work, visit growag.com and take a look at Wine Australia's profile. Thank you so much for joining us today. I would love to start off with a big question for you, Martin. What is Wine Australia's role in the agri-food innovation system in Australia? Thanks, Megan. Yeah, and look, it's a pleasure to uh, do this one with you today. Yeah, so Wine, Wine Australia, I'm kind of uh, new, fairly new to the role, four months in, but uh, Wine Australia is a statutory body um, and has responsibility for research and development for the wine sector, regula- regulations and marketing, we have a regulatory function, uh, market insights, market access issues and marketing of Australian wine. It's a big job. How have you come into, um, I guess, take on the plans that you have in this new role? Well, I've, um, yes, so I've been on board for, let's say, for four months. I've, I've um Prior to that was with uh, the Adelaide University at the Wake Campus, so obviously doing some wine research work there. Background out of mainly out of the food uh, sector, um, and but um, you know really what I, my my approach so far has been to uh, really um, you know spend the time really uh, being a really good listener to our customers and stakeholders. So I've done something like eighty. Um, 80 customer engagements, uh, talked to most of the CEOs of the, the top levy payers, uh, the regions, the state associations. It's a very uh, very complex customer and stakeholder environment, but really spending the time just to understand uh, what are the current uh, challenges and opportunities for the sector. It's a big role. It's a lot to get your head around and there's lots to do. So I'm going to ask you a big question uh, in response to that. What is Wine Australia's vision for the wine industry in 2022? Well, I think, I think ultimately our, our biggest vision is to ensure that we have a, you know, a sector that's profitable, uh, resilient and sustainable into the future. Um, we're certainly not short of things to talk about in the current operating environment, um, but uh, I mean, ultimately, we we're there really to try and make sure that uh, we have the right uh, innovation in place and uh, and marketing 
that our, regu- our regulatory function is an enabler, not a blocker, and uh, and also that we have you know the work that we do is actually market facing as well. Absolutely, and you touched on before, Martin, about looking for those opportunities and challenges. What would be the top three opportunities and challenges that you're looking at at the moment? Yeah, well, look, we're not we're not short of uh, things to talk about. It's all, almost like a perfect storm for the sector at the moment. So, you know, I mean, many agricultural sectors have been hit, obviously, with COVID. So, for for us, that means that we've not had a lot of our face to face tastings for a while. Uh, it's, it's affected our on-premise business, uh, and and equally we're seeing, you know, uh, like other sectors, a lot of disruption in the supply chain. So the cost, the cost, and uh, ability to uh, around transport and containers that's a, that's been a big issue for the industry. Um, but in addition to that, um, the the China Chinese the tariffs on the China market has meant that. Uh, Pretty much overnight, we've lost thirty uh, percent of value of our export business. That's over a billion dollars worth of business in that China market. So replacing that uh, that market, both in terms of the volume and price point in China, is going to take a lot of effort. So we're it's going to take you know intensifying the big markets we're already in, such as the, the U.S., North America, Canada, uh, U.K., and Europe. And also some new, you know, uh, market diversification. So looking, you know, at uh, Asia Pacific, uh, we've just, you, you might have heard, we just uh, signed a free trade agreement with India. That's probably going to be quite a longer term game, I think, India. But um, it's probably going to take all of the above, really, to uh, to around market intensification, both market intensification and diversification. So, um not such, not short of challenges. Um, the uh, obviously the um, the loss of that size of a market. So you know, on the on the demand side, we've got we've got to find new markets for the wine. Um, on the supply side as well, we've you know kind of we've come off of a few years of drought and uh, bushfires and things like that. Last year was a really exceptional vintage, both in terms of the Volume and quality. This year looks to be, um, you know, quite quite reasonable too. But um, with the loss of that major market, that's given a lot of downward pressure on prices. And we're also seeing, you know, with the geopolitical environment that we're in, the the war in uh, Europe is leading to inflationary pressure. So we're seeing the cost of fuel go up. We're seeing the cost of inputs. Go up, so cost of fertilizers and things like that, also um, you know increasing. Um, so lots of different challenges. Also, we you know we're in an environment there where increasingly our markets are you know going to be demanding um, you know that our products are sustainable. So we're doing a lot of work with the sector to really um, you know kind of make sure we're doing the right. We're on the front foot in terms of sustainability and uh, in terms of market access around that one. Absolutely. As you said, you're not short of things to talk about and you've got a lot of spinning plates and a lot of balls in the air and I don't think any of them can be afforded to um, bounce or drop. So I'm interested to know with an R&D lens across all of those issues, 
How does, I guess, R&D and innovation come into play when you look at um, how you counteract and, and get over some of these significant issues that the industry is facing at the moment? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, overall we've lost, across the sector, we've lost a lot of profitability. And, uh, you know, when you lose profitability, nobody eats lunch. Um, so we've really got to have some innovation that... Uh, recovers our profitability and also unlocks some uh, value growth. So, you know, it feels like if you think about the operating environment we're in, that's quite a challenging environment. It feels like a lot of these things are coming at us, you know, quicker and quicker these days. So there's even more need to to innovate faster. I think we need to be looking at um, doing fewer things at at a bigger scale, to looking across the value chain, to doing innovation through collaboration. Um, We've started a piece of work really to try and put the customer at the heart of everything we do. When you do that, you're immediately kind of co-designing more around your research and innovation programs. So getting our customers and stakeholders in the room, getting the voice of the customer in the room when we're designing um, those new programs. And we also need to be looking at um, not only pulling in new partners and co-investment, but also new business models to drive innovation for the value of the sector. How how easy or how hard is it to put, um, I guess, uh, a weight to innovation and the amount that uh, Wine Australia is investing in innovation and R&D to, to get that leg up and can continue to not just make life easier for the people producing but for the people consuming as well? Well, for, for, for sure we can't do it on our own. So, you know, we've got, uh, we've got within the RDC system we've got a whole modernisation agenda uh, with new approaches to innovation hubs. Uh, we've got... Um, you know, AIA and AgriFutures doing cross-sectoral uh, issues, big cross-sectoral issues. We've got to be on the front foot. We've got to be in there on behalf of our sector, the wine sector, to make sure we bring that value back from those investments. And, um, you know, the, we, we just, we've really got to create, I think, an environment that grows uh, co-investment alongside what we're doing we need to make sure as i said it's co-designed with the sector we bring in other investors alongside and the work that we do is market facing and and there's an obvious kind of return in terms of value for for the wine sector compared to other agricultural sectors i think we're we're uh, you know we are value added so this is very much uh, you know through the chain approach so on the good side, you know, things that you do in different parts of the value chain ought to really unlock, have the ability to unlock value all the way through the chain. But certainly it's going to have to be, you know, I always think uh, innovation is a team sport. It's absolutely crucial that we bring some new investors alongside and we bring some new approaches to, to innovation, research and innovation. Absolutely. And I guess that's the big question is, Everyone knows what the end game is, the end goal is, but the approach to get there is sometimes different. So I'm interested to know from a Wine Australia point of view, how do you go out and partner with the research and commercial sector to really nut down, I guess, into solving these challenges you've got on your plate at the moment? Yeah, so we're really trying to change the approach that um, that we've used in the past. We've, we've done a little bit of this in the past, but really what we're trying to do is to, you know, the I think the 
the open innovation framework that AgriFutures uh, put out there, I think, is a pretty good template model. Um, we use some of those. My background is in CSIRO and, and private sector, so we've used, we've used that uh, that sort of approach um, in, uh, in in creating creating a couple of the CSIRO missions and also some new startups. So. What we're looking to do in Wine Australia with our partners is actually take, uh, we're calling it our impact innovation framework, and we're looking to take, um, you know, a small number of things and try and do them at a bigger scale and to actually uh, do that co-design with the customer in the room, with some really good market insights in the room. We need to be doing more around um, customer innovation um, so things that are actually driven, you know, and, and aligned with uh, market facing and aligned with what the consumer, what's the next generation of consumers looking to, to, to drink. Uh, so a good, a good example there would be in the low uh, and no alcohol area. So we have a whole platform there that we're developing uh, here in South Australia. We're looking to take that into a national platform with the Wine Research Institute, with the universities and uh, really try and you know kind of look at the what what approaches would be to really develop really still fantastically high quality vintage wines but now as a lighter offering or even no alcohol that's quite a technical challenge especially for reds but it's certainly going to take a team effort it's going to take a through chain approach to some of that so that's one example of a an impact area we're going to do the other area is in sustainability as a that's probably the single biggest thing for us in terms of market access. And again, we're going to take that impact approach, uh, do that co-design, uh, make sure we bring the voice of the customer into that room. So what are our uh, markets demanding now and into the future? And how do we uh, really create a, a value chain that uh, can stand up the rigor in terms of the credentials on sustainability, the metrics? How do we roadmap, uh, you know, kind of some of our targets and metrics into the future? And how do we, you know, stay on the front foot as a sector? So that's just a couple of examples. But the approach, I think, will be common. You know, I think there's just not enough, um, you know, kind of investment with wine, just wine Australia investment. We need to bring the sector along with us and we need to bring other suppliers alongside and actually open up, you know, other other investment potentials through the hubs, through other RDCs, even through universities, through ARC and things like that. How do we create that environment that is collaborative um, but actually kind of um, really creates that uh, new paths for innovation, even, even some new startups and things out of that? And I guess that is the core of innovation, isn't it? Finding new ways to do new things. And I'm interested to know, just to take a step back at one of the examples you gave there around the low alcohol and no alcohol for the wine industry, especially, not only does that require innovation, but that means significant buy-in from the producers and the people making the product. How have you found that process to date? Because I imagine that, that is a, that's a big conversation to have. Well, I think, you know, I think the, um, there's, there's obviously companies uh, in, in that space doing a very good job and with the current technology. Um, it's certainly, you know, there's plenty of market pull in that space. Um, so more, you know, more broadly in the wine sector, we're competing about, you know, competing with, you know, ready-to-drink 
products. We're competing with beer, cider, other lighter offerings. So we need to be in that space. It's kind of off of the health and wellness trend that we're seeing. That's the way it's translating in the wine space is to have some really great quality uh, lighter offerings available. So basically what we're looking at is to create uh, to create an environment that uh, not only allows uh, small to medium-sized players to have an entry in that and to get access to some of the existing technology, but create a pathway that actually could be a real step change in terms of quality. What can you bring to bear if you... If you bring to bear, you know, some of the approaches to, uh, you know, kind of the, the actual quality of the fruit versus uh, control in the fermentation space and then the actual technology for removing uh, ethanol and things like that. So it really is a potentially a whole of value chain approach and just creating that uh, buzz and that environment that unlocks. You know, what we're trying to do as well is to try and create an environment where, you know, companies can can do work in, com- in commercial and confidence work, and can do work around their own products, around their own brands. But uh, we particularly unblock some of the industry wide issues. There's a, you know, uh, stability, regulatory issues. How do we how do we make sure we lean into that, and and that's an enabler for for companies to to really lead the charge in terms of innovation around their own brands and things as well. And I guess that brings us full circle around Vocag and GrowAg. Wine Australia is a foundation partner of GrowAg. Tell me a little bit about the value that uh, I guess you, you give each other by collaborating well, and being yeah. part of the platform. I, yeah, I think, um, as I understand it, I think we're kind of like the second highest uh, su- subscriber to uh, to GrowAg. No, I mean, look, you know, given, given that environment that I've just unpacked, I mean, platforms like GrowAg are just a fantastic connector. You know, so if you if you think about uh, the ability to um, put opportunities up into that space, and to have partners come along and register interest, so particularly in the ag tech space, I think that's been an area that we've seen uh, a lot of benefit there, working with partners. So to be able to have um, a digital platform uh, that you can is an amplifier, really. I mean, it, this is. Uh, Think about an amplifier, an accelerator on steroids, really. This is a platform. I, I can only see us doing more and more with it, actually, with the platform, particularly if you think about the context of what we're trying to develop around the impact innovation pathway. That's a great platform to bring uh, new partners. You know, very often, the um, it's almost like you, you don't know what you don't, you know, don't know as well. So, you know, quite often the... The solution, you know, it's like combinatory innovation, really. Sometimes the solutions come out of left field, or you're unaware that somebody might have solved this piece of the jigsaw, and it would really make sense for them to get together with this other piece of the jigsaw. And, and then let's work out, you know, we've got, let's create something around an opportunity that could be a commercial vehicle or a way of collaborating. But I think having a platform like GrowAg just gives it that, uh, that scale. And visibility, so I can I can see us. I can only see us doing more with it. Really, I think it's a great initiative. Um, and as I said, the you know it's not like the challenges are coming at us. You know, the challenges and the environment is changing faster and faster. So you know, we need more and more ability to bring people together in the solution space to really unlock some value 
for the sector. So I, I can see us just uh, really growing that uh, that connection and to the platform and really leveraging it in as we embark on this uh, impact uh, innovation area. Absolutely. Just finally for you, I always like to ask um, people, especially in your position and in the CEO position around what you'd hope you'd be able to tell me um, your particular institution, what Wine and Australia, Wine Australia would have been able to achieve with this collaboration innovation network if we were to catch up again in five to ten years' time. What do you hope, I guess, the two top things you could say you'd ticked yeah, off? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, looking back, we, you know, we, we would have um, a wine sector that's the, you know, the envy of other sectors but also the envy in international markets in terms of our sustainability credentialing and, and the way that we've actually done that you know, we've brought uh, innovation and technology to bear in that space to really be able to tell a really genuine story around sustainability and to be on the front foot and to be highly trusted and and uh, clearly, you know, on the front foot with uh, sustainability that really opens up uh, and grows, continues to grow new markets for us in that space. And then I think looking back, you know, I would I would like us to see a whole range of new innovative products um, that are based on you know, the market and consumer drivers. They might include some very high quality uh, lighter offerings or even no alcohol offerings. But I think more broadly, uh, there's a fantastic opportunity to, to innovate around quality uh, off of the consumer drivers. So two, two big areas there. Um, and I'd like to see both of those ends of the scale leading to increased uh, profitability and, uh, and and value growth for the sector. It sounds like an incredible plan. I wish you all the very best with it. Thank you for speaking with us today, Martin Cole. It's a pleasure. Thanks. That was Dr. Martin Cole, the CEO of Wine Australia, speaking with our GrowAg contributor, Megan Woodward. And if you'd like to learn more about Wine Australia's technologies, visit growag.com take a look at Wine Australia's profile. Thanks for listening today. My name is Steve Honor, and until next time, have a great day.